have two very special guests sitting across the table from me, Aroha Novak and Charlotte Parallel. Welcome onto the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and chatting to me today. So this is, uh, for those of you listening that might not be aware, I'm speaking to two artists from the Four exhibit, which is currently showing at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery until the 18th of November, alongside uh, alongside Kim Peters and Megan Brady. We're not going to be speaking too much about Kim and Megan's work today, um, but just to acknowledge that there are four artists showing in the Dunedin Public Art Gallery at the moment. So this is part of the biennial Contemporary Dunedin program, which has been running since 2014. So what's your understanding? Understanding of the purpose of this program, just to get a little bit of history before we go into your work. Um, well, I can start. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess my understanding of this program is to showcase what Dunedin has to offer and to make sure that there's a space specifically for Dunedin artists to show their work publicly, um, so that the the public art gallery has a um, a commitment to showing Dunedin artists' work specifically, mm. yeah. Did you have to submit to the Dunedin Art Gallery or do they approach you? Uh, they approached us. Fantastic, yeah, yeah cool. Um, and for anyone who hasn't visited the exhibit yet, could you perhaps briefly describe what's going on in that big room upstairs just before we get into the nitty gritty of things? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go through the whole... Just really whole, briefly, okay. just maybe what we see when we go okay. into the room. So yep. when you go up, um, you'll be confronted by Kim Peters' work first, and she's a abstract painter, so you first move into her space, which is quite, I like to call it quite creamy and delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so, so her work is... Uh, quite sultry I think um, and then from there you go into Charlotte's work which is um, quite industrial in comparison um, and there's a lot of sound work but Charlotte can <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> soon yeah <laughs> um, and then Megan's work is really sensory so you're you're um, immediately confronted by this wall-to-wall -wall carpet which you walk on and so you immediately feel this kind of uh, soft textured carpet which you walk upon and then uh, following on from her work you walk into my work which is in the last gallery part which is uh, which is adjacent like looks down onto the octagon so it's got full windows that are north facing so there's a whole lot of light that mm. kind of floods that room and there's a waterfall that you are confronted <laughs> with when you first get in there, but you can also hear that noise all the way mm. through, so it gets louder as you get to that end part. Fantastic. Yeah. The really, uh, the very tactile nature of three out of four of the exhibits, was that something that was talked about or discussed beforehand? Was there any collaboration or consultation or that just happened? Mm, just happened. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's, it was, it's such a beautiful exhibit if you haven't been along to it already. Uh, and I mean, your two works respectively, despite being physically annexed by one of the rooms, is there any threads of conversation that are common in between the two works? Mm, I guess we haven't really talked about it so much, hey. But I guess they are relating to sight, mm. Mm. 
and I personally really like how you hear the sound of Aroha's work. Yeah, yeah. Of and then just that whole the idea of water connecting all these things. Yeah, and yeah. I guess um, like we were talking about before, just coming off the back of a collaborative yeah. project that we both worked on, um, which was called Our HQ, where we were looking at the Toitu stream as a living entity in wow. Dunedin. So I, mm. I suppose that's both been in our subconscious, and that's you know the show that was directly before this. Yeah. So, mm, so that was fresh in the mind yeah, as well. So yeah. So that's a definite connection. Um, and I guess, well, for me, it's um, made me think about sight a lot and cemented a lot of that kind of thinking around place. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so yeah. just to speak about Cascade, first and foremost, that's your work, Araha, um, just because that sound does carry through that entire exhibit. Yeah. We were talking just before we went on air. There were a few technical difficulties with some of the pipes. There were things getting stuck above earlier this week. Yes. <laughs> I think so, one of my friends saw you fixing it in the oh, art really? gallery as they walked past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, <laughs> I mean, with this kind of installation, there's always going to be um, something which you don't know might happen. Mm. Um, so, of course, I did a whole lot of testing and made little marquettes and... Uh, figured out the mechanics of and the logistics uh, and the plumbing mm. <laughs> of how, I, how everything would work. Um, but yeah, things are just, I guess, coming off the plants and getting stuck in the tubes up the top. And that was something that we hadn't troubleshooted before, but it's something that is easily fixed. Yeah. So um, <coughs> thankfully, there's a technician at the art gallery and uh, he's really onto it. <laughs> has, has been um, helped to mitigate those problems, um, but yeah, that's it's just the the way of installation art, um, especially when you're dealing mm. with water inside mm. a, a gallery. Space. <laughs> you know, that's that's in itself that's quite ridiculous. But um, but yeah, running water, which is running for seven hours a day, mm. uh, there's bound to be something. That happens. Yeah, it's that rather <laughs> practical, pragmatic side that people might not think about when they experience artwork. They just yeah. kind of see it for what it is, but yes. things can definitely go a little bit wrong or need to be fixed up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, so, could you talk us through the starting point for Cascade, that William Hodges painting? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, I guess I've always been drawn to the early pictorial representations of New Zealand. Um, and in particular with William Hodges' work, I, I really like his work for his use of um, light and the saturation of colour. Um, when, when Lauren, who's the curator of this exhibit, asked me to be part of this show, um, I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's such a big public space. Um, I knew that we knew what galleries were available and I, I instantly um, aligned myself with that room that has the, the windows because I just loved the light that was coming in. Um, with William Hodges' work, um, this particular um, image is of a waterfall, a rainbow and a Māori family um, standing in Dusky Bay. So it's quite an idyllic representation of Aotearoa 
and it's um, one of the kind of first images which the European public would have seen so I was looking at it in this way of it's our kind of first media <laughs> or mediated images that have been um, uh, perpetuated throughout history so it's almost like a part of our first advertising or tourism history wow. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. in a way so I was thinking about this and thinking about the light and thinking about um, representing this particular image and, and also thinking about the site so obviously it's an institution it's a public gallery and um, there's you know certain frameworks around that so I was uh, um, I guess in a way it's it's relating it it is site specific in the way that it relates back to the start of um, art history in New Zealand mm -hmm. so western art history um, and uh, I wanted to recreate a, a three-dimensional representation of this two-dimensional work um, so put real things in place of the two-dimensional things that are in the picture plane. Um, and I was flipping the script a bit with it. So, you know, William Hodges is a male European, was a male European painter from the 17th century, and that was the, the second voyage of Captain Cook's um, exploration of New Zealand um, within this within this picture that I'm representing I have brought kind of elements of the environment and nature into the gallery space so there's water um, which is running water and there's plants to um, and that's that's kind of like a safety device mm -hmm. those plants um, what do you mean by that um, well, I mean that that's a natural barricade to stop people from walking into the right. water. Yeah, so um, initially I had wanted to, to flood that entire space with water. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you work... You go, go to the Ambitious, yeah. And then you just work your way down. Um, but, yeah, I just... Uh, so that wasn't a thing that I could do, mm. obviously. Mm. Um, so this, this particular way of working around that was... Um, creating a shape which which fitted the site like fitted the space but also referenced the the painting which I was referencing so it's sort of in the shape so the the vessel that holds the water is sort of in the shape of a of the prow of a boat or a walker um, but it, you know this is inverted like the water is inside it mm. um, and then the plants are situated around the perimeter of that vessel um, to yeah like I said to stop the public <laughs> from going in the water um, but also to reference the the native um, plants and fauna that are in that particular image um, there's like a really soft dusky blue which is painted on the walls as well and then a couple of bench seats yeah. which line the walls so that you can sit there so I really wanted to create an immersive environment for for the public to sit in if they wished um, but 
it was also about manufacturing an environment so creating a, a fake kind of utopian ideal of an environment inside an institution mm. um, yeah so th it sort of plays on on the edge of um, yeah being uh, being this kind of contemplative immersive space and not mm. because it is you know, it is completely man-made. Yeah. Yeah. And as you, you just briefly mentioned before, um, I mean, the recontextualization of Hodge's work from a Māori perspective yeah. is really important and in integral to this work, right? So how does this work act as, as a form of reclamation of that work? Um, I guess it's just, it's, it's just repositioning a, a point in history and reclaiming it now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um at this point in time, yeah, I am just trying to reclaim that little bit of landscape that um has been an idyllic kind of iconic image of New Zealand. And in questioning the the fact that uh, like is it <laughs> and what what is um what is our environment like now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, are you commenting on that impending environmental change that we're going to experience as well? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. I mean, it touches on so many different different elements because of because of the all the different elements which are being pulled into this particular installation. Mm. It's um, you know, like I said it's flipping things around so it's bringing the inside out and the outside in. Um, so yeah, definitely looking at the impending doom, but try <laughs> <laughs> but trying to to be optimistic about mm. it as well. Um, and so that's that's open to interpretation for the viewer. Mm. Yeah. Is there a spiritual aspect to it as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, yeah, so uh, during yeah during the the kind of creation of this work I um and getting these plants I actually had to I couldn't afford to buy a whole lot of plants and that sort of seemed like the antithesis to my process anyway mm. um so I went to people's like friends and friends of family and friends of friends gardens and dug up plants from their gardens which could then be used in this um installation um and during that process I mean it's been quite there's been a kind of sideline of bureaucratic kind of stuff that's had to happen in order to to get these things into the gallery mm. so by that I mean um, you know the, there's a health and safety committee that had to approve everything okay, yeah. um, and also the plants had to get fumigated when mm. they came in to the to the gallery site um, and in order to mitigate any kind of I mean they're They've already been dug out of someone's garden. They're just dying <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, in order to mitigate that, um, I there's a karakia which I got from a friend. Oh well, from a wire one of my wire tutors. Um, that uh, helps to keep them alive. So um, I've recorded this, and I've also given the karakia to Lauren, the curate the curator of the show to say to the plants or to play to the plants when she's watering them so it's um it's it's a naitahu karakia which 
relates to the personification of the environment which you are in. So it um, gives life force and energy to to the the plants, hopefully. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's something. And then uh, yeah, I'm also part of a Waiata group. Um, I work at the public library and. I'm part of the DCC, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, so there's a DCC wider group. So we will be going in to sing to the plants throughout the duration of this exhibition. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I am aware that you're sitting over in the corner, Charlotte. You're <laughs> still here. <laughs> so we'll switch to your exhibit just for a second. So deep time mm -hmm. is is the title. Could you explain what deep time means? Yep. So I'm kind of referencing it in two ways. I guess one of the ways is geologic time. Mm -hmm. So and directly thinking about the Dunedin volcano, um, which I guess is about 13 million, 10 to 13 million years ago, the first, second, and third eruptive phase. So um, it's talking about that, and then also um, from a media kind of perspective, where you can think of earth minerals as media. Mm -hmm. um, so quite, yeah, so kind of talking about geologic time and media. Mm. How is that that deep time in Dunedin uh, different compared to elsewhere in New Zealand? Hmm. Uh, or is it? Yeah, well, yeah. to be honest, I haven't really thought about it in the okay. that way because I guess it was like, okay, I want to make something really responsive to being here. Mm-hmm. And, think, and the landscape is just so kind of unique and powerful and beautiful, you know, so it was... Yeah. So I've just kind of come at it from that perspective rather than sort of an overall, but... Yeah. yeah. No, that's okay. And there was a very extensive research phase before this, is that correct? Yeah. So what, yeah. Did, what did that reveal? What did the research phase reveal to you? Oh, it was so great. Like, it's such an amazing... I'm really, really interested in process of work, so... First of all, was kind of like finding the people to work with. I guess so. Yeah. So if we go back to the volcano, it was like, okay, well, what is, what is that, and what are its materials, and how can I trace that and listen and talk to it or have some kind mm. of conversation. And so I guess the majority of it is basalt. Oh yeah, kind of basalt yep, stone. Cool. Yeah. So then um, I approached um, a geophysicist, Philippe, and was like, hey, you know kind of doing this project. Very cool job title, <laughs> geophysicist. Yeah, I know. Totally <laughs> um, and he was really great. He was kind of like, yep, this sounds really fun. And um, yeah, so he has all these geosensors, all these kind of um, microphones mm. starting at two hertz up. And then we went round to basically tracing the stone took us to the quarries, really. Mm. So that was Logan Point and Blackhead or Tiwai or Teniro and Walton Park. Mm -hmm. So, and actually Aroha and I went out there one day to do the recording. And it was kind of, I mean, it was so nice because everyone there was at all these different places were just really open to us being there and mm. making these recordings and kind of interested in um, the process and even even for them, I guess, what it sounded like and what it meant to yeah. What it did. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to work with all these really great people and I guess kind of experienced this idea of movement in general, but also how we are moving lots of earth all the time mm -hmm. and how that happens. And yeah. 
yeah, like out at Logan Point, we went and recorded one of the blasts, which was quite weird and 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 kind of exciting. But that was also <laughs> weird. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so everyone was really like, I guess, opened up these spaces that are, you know, become it becomes public material, but generally no one's allowed into the right, yeah. or into these pits or yeah. you know. How does the land respond differently to that real forced movement in opposed to a more organic movement? Yeah, well, it's so sort of graded and um, terraced, and which is yeah. I mean, it's very, it's quite orderly, but also massive. You know, these huge, mm. huge terrace pits that go down. I mean, I think at Logan Point, it's sixty meters below sea level. Wow. And yeah, so it's quite brutal yeah 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 I found it quite brutal I read that a, a lot of the you know a lot of what you recorded was inaudible at first how did you translate that into an accessible sonic work that we see at the gallery so they're all so seismic waves are um, same they are mechanical waves so so it's always we just can't hear it like, so it's always a um, an acoustic wave or it can always be heard but it's just that we can't hear okay, it. Yep. Our hearing starts at like 20,000 <laughs> and 20,000 hertz yeah. this, this recording's where it started at 2 hertz mm. so it was like 5 minutes of seismic data we then had to speed up mm -hmm. to, so that would equal 1 minute of sound that we can hear. Right. Yeah. And when you enter the gallery, I mean, at first, it took me a while to realise that you could actually pick up the phones and yeah, listen in. Yeah. So is each of those phones, that's a different sound for each phone that we see? Each line is the different quarry. Okay. And then, so two of the lines just play continuously, and then two of the lines you can, you have to press the buttons to activate the different sounds. Okay. Yeah. And how did you order those lines or sounds? Is there a pattern to them? Um... No, I guess it's just yeah. Each one just relates to those four, four sites. Yeah. Four quarries. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic! And yeah. is your work concerned with similar environmental issues that maybe we touched on with Aroha just before? Yeah, it's definitely part of. It's definitely a reference and something I'm always thinking about. It's definitely not like a judgment kind of thing, but it's mm. something. Yeah, definitely thinking, talking, and. <laughs> quite motivated by yeah 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 Aroha what was your reaction when you first entered into Charlotte's work oh I just I just loved it oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I um I know well I mean we'd been talking to each other a lot during the process of making and thinking mm -hmm. for the past kind of six months I guess mm, yeah, yeah so to see what Charlotte was talking about in actual in actuality, like in reality, was just really cool. You know, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Um, I should articulate that better, but it was just really, it was just really, just really cool. cool. It was just really, um, no, it's, I mean, you know, when you hear about someone's thing, it's just an idea, and then you see it for real. It's um, it just makes you happy because <laughs> because you know that this person has been working so hard to create this thing and then to see it in action and 
and to see these um, like these big columns, it just kind of I felt like they looked like monuments to old like analog technology. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, I'd have to say like seeing Charlotte do the whole installation process was fascinating because she's sitting there with a little soldering iron and motherboards and soldering each line <laughs> like each line onto wow. the motherboards and like that's something that you can't see because it's all kind of hidden under yeah. under the floorboards but this lady knows how to do, uh. like do some <laughs> crazy electronics you know like it's yeah it blew my mind i didn't know how it, i don't know i still don't know how it works <laughs> what else what else were you doing in the installation process charlotte um, well, I guess it was just sort of connecting everything up. Yeah. You know, so I brought in all the poles and then it was like, yeah, like I always said, just wiring everything up and, <laughs> yeah. It's not usually something you hear about in art, is it? We just have to wire it up first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and also, like, thanks to the D-pad crew, they're just kind of, nothing's a problem, mm. you know, they just, you just sort of do it. Fantastic. Which is great, and they're so helpful. Yeah. And, Yeah. Oh, they were brilliant to work with to do yeah. it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And conversely, what was your reaction when you first entered Aroha's work when it was oh, finished? I really, really loved coming through Megan's. Well, first of all, like the sound. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. already kind of hearing this water, the pull of the water. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but you come through Megan's space, and then it's just, yeah, I guess how you're saying with the prow of the boat, but also it's just there in front of you. Mm. And then, then you kind of just get to walk around and contemplate it more. But just that beautiful kind of greeting, or that, yeah, you're standing, you're standing to um, to each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. But yeah, I love it. It's great. You did mention that you you were in a way a part of each other's work, or, or were bearing witness to a part of the work when it was being created in those initial stages. Um, were you involved in either of the other artists' initial planning stages, or um, any of those first steps that they were making when when all of your all of your names were announced as the artists that were going to be in that exhibit? <laughs> No, well, um, I guess with Kim's practice, she's got a really defined kind of painting and drawing practice. So, um, I yeah, and I guess with us, like we we've been working in all bow chambers, so we've been seeing mm. each other oh, in right. the hallway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and with Megan, um, she I guess we, there's been conversations with her about her work. Um, in the last few months because mm. she just shifted up to mm. where right. the studios are and yeah. so we got to see her in action and yeah. that was pretty amazing as well like she's got this whole set up um, with a kind of a frame and then this a magical gun which shoots out um, wool into the backing of her carpet yeah yeah so uh, we got to <laughs> to see her process which was pretty, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And the fantastic. compressor, hey, like it, was, it was quite <laughs> interesting how there was all these sort of industrial parts maybe to what we were all doing at different times. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, re that's really interesting. If there's anyone listening who hasn't popped along yet to have a look at the exhibit, what would you say to get them interested, to get them going along to have a look? Maybe if they're not the type of person to always just enter the DPAG out of their own volition, what would you say is, is a drawing card for this exhibit? 
Mm. I liked it before how you said with the sensory mm. works mm-hmm. that maybe it's more like sensory, you can just go on and have an experience and yeah. see how it feels. Definitely a phenomenological experience. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like the whole, you know, moving through the whole thing. So I guess to someone who wouldn't normally go to the gallery, go and see something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Experience something new. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and see what art can be in different forms. Mm-hmm. So it's mm. not just this is you know this is people making work right now in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's different to to maybe what you might thought of art might have thought of art a hundred years ago. Fantastic. Thank mm. you so much to Charlotte Parallel and Aroha Novak for joining me on the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Late Breakfast Show today. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. All the best for the rest of the exhibit. That exhibit four closes on the 18th of November, so plenty of time for you still to go along and check it out. This is vitamin.